Production and distribution of City Club forums on IdeaStream are made possible by the generous support of PNC and the Raskin Family Fund, with additional funding from Robert Conrad, Cleveland State University, the Chautauqua Institution, the Cleveland Clinic, and the United Black Fund of Greater Cleveland Incorporated. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the City Club of Production Cleveland. Production and distribution of City Club forums on IdeaStream are made possible by the generous Idea support Stream. of uh, PNC I'll be moderating this debate today between our two candidates running for Cuyahoga County Executive, Democrat and incumbent Armin Budish and Republican Peter Corrigan. Cuyahoga County Executive Armin Budish is seeking his second term in office. Prior to being elected executive, he represented Ohio's 8th District in the State House of Representatives and served as Speaker of the House from 2009 to 2011. Peter Corrigan is his challenger. He's a senior executive with more than 35 years of experience with management and background in engineering, operations, sales, mergers and acquisitions, and international business. He's the former chief operating officer of Prestolite Electric, a Michigan-based maker of automotive equipment. So here's how this debate is going to work. Uh, we're going to start here with questions from me, and then we will move on to some questions that have been submitted in advance from the audience, uh, and we will also include some questions from social media. Uh, I'm going to offer up each question to both of our candidates, so they will each have 90 seconds to answer all my questions and uh, we will work diligently within that to make sure everyone's got equal time. Now, throughout the debate, candidates will be notified when they have 15 seconds left from our, our trusty uh, clock right here. And given that this debate is limited to one hour, uh, we ask that you all hold your applause except for two occasions. At the end, when we close this debate, and right now, as we welcome our two candidates, Armin Budish and Peter Corrigan. So we're going to begin with opening statements from each of our candidates. Uh, they will have two minutes for their opening statements. We determined the order earlier today with a coin toss, and uh, Mr. Corrigan will go first. So with that, you've got two minutes. Hi, I'm Peter J. Corrigan. In 2009, Cuyahoga County passed the Cuyahoga County Charter. It was meant to be the beginning of the end of a major corrupt sy system that had its latest origins from 1998 until its culmination with Jimmy DeMora being found guilty on 33 counts of bribery and racketeering. Fast forward to 2018 and we have a brand new round of emerging corruption with the present county executive under both FBI investigation and being served 14 subpoenas from the county prosecutor. All this came from a man who pledged to put checks in place to help root out early seeds of corruption. It's deja vu all over again. The rest of the story includes major property valuation increases with corresponding tax hikes, a broken child service department that has overseen a four-year-old child beaten to death while being overlooked by the system, and career politicians paying consultants and favored attorneys hundreds of dollars an hour while the poorest city in the state of Ohio, East Cleveland, isn't even included in future economic rehabilitation plans. Further, statistics show that 67% of adults in Cleveland are functionally illiterate, yet officials have put into place a job-killing, political, and unaccountable to the voters' Human Rights Commission. 
Clearly, our priorities are out of whack. We need to sweep out the entrenched political class and replace it with new leadership that's interested in bringing jobs and business growth back to our county. We need a turnaround to reduce costs, improve performance, and give us hope for the future. I have experience doing just that. I'm a lifelong Clevelander. I went to St. Ignatius, John Carroll, Wake Forest. I received my MBA from Case Western Reserve, and I'm an alumnus of the Harvard Business School. My domestic and international experience involves turning around large organizations and managing as many as 2,800 people. By attacking corruption, using zero-based budgeting and strategic planning, and addressing property and sales tax, and implementing a Cuyahoga First Mr. program, Corgan, thank you very much. I believe I can continue a 2009 plan to reestablish the county. All right, well, uh, Mr. Budish, you'll also have two minutes for your opening statement. Thank you. Thank you to the City Club for hosting this debate. And thank you, Peter, for being here with me today. I'm running for re-election because I deeply care about the people of Cuyahoga County. My vision is a county where all our residents achieve success. In fact, our county motto is together we thrive, and we are thriving. We're creating lots of new jobs. That's why last year we had the fastest growing economy in the entire Midwest. People are working. Last month, our unemployment rate was down to 4.7%, which the feds consider to be at about full employment. Young people are staying and coming back home. Our young adult population is at its peak. More people visited our county last year than ever before, even more than when we had the Republican convention. And workers' earnings are up. Per capita income is the highest ever. What are we doing that's helping to drive this success? We're getting people working, improving our communities, making healthcare affordable and accessible, and focusing on education. We're attracting and retaining major employers, and we're helping to create small businesses throughout the county and in our neighborhoods. And we're training people for the thousands of good-paying jobs that are currently open. We've more than doubled the number of kids in high-quality pre-K education, and we're one of the leaders to attract the Say Yes program, which will guarantee that Cleveland students can go to college or other post-high school training without regard to income. We're supporting the transformation of Metro Health, attacking the opioid crisis, and reducing the rate of infant mortality. And we're doing a whole lot more. I look forward to continuing our efforts over the next four years. Thank you years. very much. Thank you. Well, uh, we will begin this uh, moderated <coughs> conversation here with the county jails. Six people have died in the county jail system in the last four months, and the county has asked the U.S. Marshals to examine conditions there. Cleveland.com has reported the FBI is examining a civil rights investigation potentially there. I'd like to ask both of you, but we'll start with Mr. Budish, what needs to be done to make this county jail system safe? And you'll have 90 seconds. Well, uh, thank you very much. Uh, six deaths is not acceptable. Uh, no deaths is what's acceptable. Uh, the problems in jails are national. Uh, the problems have been exacerbated by the opioid crisis. Jails have become repositories for people with addiction and mental health uh, illnesses. Uh, and the jail, in fact, the county jail is the the biggest provider of mental health and, and uh, drug addiction services in the state of Ohio. When the deaths, as soon as the deaths occurred, we 
invited the marshals to come in to review and make recommendations. And we will follow those recommendations. In fact, today, the marshals are starting their, their review uh, as we speak. In the meantime, we're hiring more corrections officers, we're hiring more nurses, we're opening new space in Bedford Heights, Euclid, and the Justice, uh, at Euclid and the Justice Center, which should alleviate overcrowding. It's the overcrowding that exacerbates a number of these problems. Uh, we've already moved out 100 people from the main jail, and we expect that we'll be at the lowest number in the main jail in the next few months, the lowest number we've been at in years. So uh, we're uh, working closely uh, with a number of partners. Uh, we're working closely with Metro Health to come in and review and help us improve the health care in the jail. Uh, and as um, uh, soon as the marshals are done, we'll be taking more action. Mr. Butish, thank you very much. Mr. Corrigan, the same question for you. What needs to be done to make this county jail system safe? Well, I like the things that, <clears throat> that Executive Butish are laying out, but it's a, it's a little late. I would say we've already lost six people. And I'll, I would say that um, if I'm elected the county executive, in the first two hours I'm in the job, I'm going to the jail. I'm going to talk to the corrections officers. I'm going to talk to the people that are managing it. I'm not appointing some council or some panel to figure out what's going on. I'm going there. My face is going to be in front of the correction officers. I want to be part of the solution. These people don't even know who he is. He hasn't met them. He hasn't gone over and seen them. We need to have feet on the street accountability. If there's a problem in the jail, it's my problem. I'm the county executive. So that's how I'll handle it. I like what he's saying. It's just too late. We should have had this at the, at the onset of the, of the first death. And that's my position. Well, thank you very much. Now, recently, the, uh, recently, Cuyahoga County created a Human Rights Commission to review allegations of discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. I think many people in this room know where each of you stands on this issue, but I'd like to have you each address it and explain for us here and for the public uh, whether you believe it was or was not necessary for the county to do this and, and your reasons for that position. Uh, Mr. Corrigan, we'll start with you, and you've got 90 seconds. Sure, I look at this as a business issue. There's ethics involved as well. There, there are people that are afraid of, of bathroom invasions and, and privacy. There, there are things like that. But let me address the business case. As, as a person that's run a business and had to be worried about the uh, ramifications of employment, hiring practices, and, and staying in compliance with federal laws, it's very difficult. <clears throat> it's a very difficult hurdle to be fair to everyone. We've established now a human rights commission. We've established. Um, in, a, in effect, pro, uh, de facto protected classes for classes that didn't exist, unprotected classes. I, um, I, for, a, for a business that's looking at relocating in Cuyahoga County, this is a major stop sign to have them reconsider coming to this county. <clears throat> I don't agree with what Executive Budish said in his opening statements. We've lost from 2008, which was the beginning of the two, of the economic crisis, 612,000 jobs to the state's own numbers that say we're at 578,000 jobs. And maybe now we have wage growth occurring in 2018, but I'll tell you, it didn't occur up all, all the way through 2017. We were flat. We have to come up with, with, pro, with um, methods to improve business development here. We have to bring businesses into this county or we'll never improve on the poverty situation that we have. We'll never improve 
on our situation, our, our, our Mr. lot Corrigan, life. thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Butish, the same question for you. Uh, do you believe it was necessary for the county to create this commission, and, and how come? Uh, it's, it's interesting that Mr. Corrigan is talking about the need to create uh, jobs and bring business in. Uh, you talk about a major stop sign, uh, uh, allowing businesses, allowing businesses to um, discriminate against people simply because they are gay or lesbian. That's your major stop sign, Peter. Uh, and, and that's why the Ohio Chamber of Commerce and hundreds of other businesses in the state of Ohio support this legislation. They support the state legislation, which I was able to get through the Ohio House uh, back um, uh, when I was uh, in the Ohio House, uh, but the Senate stopped it. Today, we were able to do it in the county. Uh, that is critical, but it's more than business. This is not, I don't look at this as a business uh, uh, matter. This is human rights. People should not be rejected from a job or housing simply because they are gay or lesbian. That is wrong, and as long as I am the county executive, we will not allow that kind of discrimination to happen in Cuyahoga County. Thank you very much, and folks, thanks if you could hold your applause until the end. Um, we move on now to the uh, Child and Family Services Department. The state of Ohio this month issued a report criticizing the county for how it handled abuse reports that preceded the death of four-year-old Anaya Day Garrett. Her mother and mother's boyfriend now face murder charges in connection with her death. I'd like to ask each of you, what can the county do to make sure that deaths like these do not happen in the future? And Mr. Budish, we'll start with you, and you'll have 90 seconds. Thank you. Um, there were two cases uh, that, of children that died in the last three years uh, that were, um, uh, we had open cases with the county. That is too, too many, and uh, it's tragic. Uh, no child uh, should uh, uh, not have the protection that they deserve. The county's job is to protect children when they have a reason to believe that a child is in danger. So I appointed an expert panel, uh, and this is not a panel that issued a report and it's sitting on somebody's desk. This panel uh, quickly went into action, reviewed uh, the cases, and came up with a set of recommendations we have, uh, we have um, implemented every one of those recommendations. We will not have other children dying in this county uh, that the county uh, Department of Children and Family Services uh, has uh, some reason to believe something was wrong. Mr. Butish, thank you very much. Mr. Corrigan, the same question. What can be done to prevent these deaths? There are three cases listed in the Plain Dealer, and their names are on I.D. Garrett, Jordan Rodriguez and Tanisha McLeod. Those are what we know about, and those are their names. There are 45 child homicides in this, in this county over the last four years. We can't even put a number to how many people, how many of those kids were part of the foster care system because the information was prevented from being released to Channel 19 when they asked. So that's been, that's been non-transparent. The panel report, that Executive Budish talks about. It was released, but the entire, just about the entire report was magic marked out, heavily redacted. Why, I, why was that report redacted? <clears throat> this service, this, this agency, 
needs an entire reorganization. There are social workers and case workers that are not accountable. They don't know what their caseload is, who they're working for. The, the, complaints, the complaints that are being registered against, um, against uh, the mother and the mother's boyfriend, in the case of Anaya Day Garrett, are, are being dismissed. They're being dis dis disregarded. So this agency needs an overhaul. It needs organization. It needs a management structure so we get a feedback loop so we know what's going on as fast as we can. That's, that's the best single way, I believe, to recovering what's going on in child family services. Mr. Corrigan, thank you very much. And again, folks, please, let's let that applause build up until the end. Thank you. Um, where I'm going to turn now to workforce development. This year, the county launched a new workforce development initiative. There are employers who say they've had trouble finding workers who are qualified for the jobs they need. I'd like to ask each of you, what specifically do you plan to do to address this issue over the next four years, especially considering that there are programs out there doing this and employment is pretty low right now? Uh, Mr. Corrigan, we'll start with you. Sure, I've, um, you know, as an employer, I've always wanted to have qualified people. And, um, and, and the dearth of qualified people has always been an issue in just about anywhere we, where we went. So <clears throat> investing money in workforce development is a good investment. Um, there are um, industries right now that have huge numbers of availabilities. There are, there are pilots, there are truck drivers, there are, there are maritime industries right now. I worked on developing the Aviation Maritime High School for six years, trying to get that, that building out on the East Shoreway opened. You know, the only thing we ever really recognize about that building is it's there when, we, when it gets reported in the, in the traffic reports, you know, the Aviation Maritime High School. It, it's, it's, in my mind, it's somewhat disgraceful that we couldn't get that opened in that building. We did open the high school anyway. Um, adding that kind of, those, um, those kind of talents into our workforce and then feeding industries like um, aerospace, aviation, energy, um, those kinds of workforce developments targeted for industries, I think, are, are, are the primary movement. We have programs underway in the county. I'll support those programs. I'll expand them if, if need be. So in my mind, yeah, it's, it's very important for employers. Thank you very much. Mr. Budish, um, what does the county need to do with regard to workforce development? Well, one of our top priorities in the county is getting people working. That's critically important. When I went around and I've met with literally hundreds of employers, uh, they constantly tell me we can't find enough workers with the skills needed to fill the open jobs, thousands of open jobs in this county. So we have set out and we have accomplished. That's one of the reasons why unemployment is so low in this county right now. We initiated a new program called Skill Up where we talk to the, we reach out to companies, uh, we talk to them about their needs, uh, we uh, offer to support moving lower level employees up the ladder. They, they love the program. It has been praised by the Brookings Institution as a national best practice. Uh, Skill Up is working. We partnered with Tri-C. Tri-C is now offering to, uh, to um, uh, train 200 new uh, people, 200 people that currently are on public benefits for free. Uh, we changed our summer job program, so people aren't just mowing a lawn now. Uh, now we've, we've turned it into an internship program where people are getting jobs with companies and organizations that have a future, so we can move them into, into careers, not just uh, any job. And, and we created sector partnerships and intermediaries. We brought the major funders together. 
We are working together for the first time in this county to make sure that we're spending Mr. our Budish, money efficiently and effectively. Well, uh, we, we move on now to um, uh, news we've been reading about for several months that uh, uh, there have been subpoenas from Cuyahoga County prosecutors seeking information about contracts and employees in the county's IT department. Uh, what are each of you going to do to ensure that your administration is conducting the public's business above board over the next four years? And Mr. Budish, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, I'm sure uh, many of you know that uh, Several members of the administration are under investigation. This is upsetting to everybody. It's upsetting to me. It's upsetting to the thousands of county workers that are doing great work. They're doing great public service, uh, especially in light of the prior scandals that have occurred. Uh, so I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, we're cooperating completely with the investigation. Uh, in fact, it was our folks, the, the protections that were put in place, the inspector general, the internal audit that triggered the investigation, those are working well. They are doing what we wanted them to do. Couple that with the media uh, and, and uh, you know, the transparency is there. And important, uh, if there's some wrongdoing, we will get to the bottom of it. It is uh, something that none of us, none of us accept and none of us will put up with. All right, Mr. Butish, thank you. Mr. Corrigan, same question. I, I have a totally different idea of transparency. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't believe that Executive Budish should be fighting against the subpoenas. I believe he should release the information. I don't believe that, that um, um, fighting to release the, uh, the information, fighting against the Inspector General's um, 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 ordinance, that they want to they give the Inspector General the right to subpoena the county executive. If I'm county executive, boy, that's tough on me. But I'm not going to be county executive forever. I want our county executive to be held accountable for his actions as well. So I, I uh, you know, my concept of transparency is let everybody know what's going on. Why did we know what was going on with Child and Family Services? Why was it redacted? I don't have any, um, any intention of going into the office and, and, and being um, non-transparent like that. Um, I also want to say something that will surprise everybody. I do not want this man indicted. This is, th it's, it's politically expedient for me. I'd love, you know, to get elected, it'd be wonderful. But if he gets indicted, it's another embarrassment, it's another scar on the city of Cleveland. I don't want that. We should, none of us should want that. So I, I hope and pray that what happened, you aren't really responsible, Executive Buddhist. I hope and pray that's the case. We don't need another black eye in the city of Cleveland. Mr. Corrigan, thank you very much. I want to turn now to transportation. The Greater Cleveland RTA has been talking this year about how to make sure public transit is financially sustainable in the long term. One possibility is an increase in the sales tax that funds transit. Uh, I want to ask each of you, would you support a tax increase for transit? And what do you think the county can do to prevent RTA from being caught in a spiral of service cutbacks and fare hikes? Mr. Corrigan, we'll start with you. I, uh, no, I don't want another sales tax. We have 8% sales tax in this county right now. It's the highest by a half a percent over every other county in the state. If you take, if you take Columbus, Hamilton County out of that, we're the highest by three quarters of a percent. We're going to put another half a percent on top of this. It's ridiculous. Um, this orga organization's agency needs to be managed. Um, unfortunately, it's not, it's not under the purview of the, of the county executive to manage the, um, 
um, to manage RTA. County executive appoints, appoints um, a trustees to that. Um, the way I look at it is, is a pure management communication chain where having um, too many levels of organization and there are too many levels of supervision creates a filter and creates mismanagement and lack of direction and lack of lack of objectives. So I think that's a big issue. We need to have RTA to access uh, to access um, um, uh, to have excessive routes for employers. We need to have uh, bus routes and we need to have uh, transit routes. So we need to support it that way. But if we raise the sales tax, those employers are going to go away. So then we're probably not going to need the routes anymore. Okay. We have to keep our taxes down to encourage businesses to come in here. So yeah, we, we have issues with RTA, There's, there are management issues, I'd be happy to help. Um, we, um, we, we're heading the wrong way. Uh, Mr. Butish, the same question, would you support a sales tax increase and what can the county do about transit? Public transit is critically important to our future here in Cuyahoga County. Uh, you know, we have, we have people that don't have cars. Uh, in many of our uh, neighborhoods, uh, people who don't have access to transportation, people who would have to take two and three buses to get to a job in Solon, people who um, you know, would have to take hours to get to a job in one of the job hubs that currently exist. And so we need public transit. It, it is absolutely critical. Uh, the uh, fact is that uh, RTA uh, needs to do a complete review and uh, determine exactly how public transit should look now and in the future. Um, uh, for example, uh, we now have Lyft, we now have Uber, uh, we have um, uh, new technologies that can make a big difference in how public transit operates. So until they do their, their analysis, which they are doing, uh, it's hard to say whether, we should, whether they need a, a new tax or not. Uh, but I will tell you that as chairman of NOACA right now, uh, I have publicly uh, requested them to do that kind of a study. They are doing it. Uh, I know for a fact that there are other sources of income that we might be able to draw on uh, from NOACA, through NOACA, Ohio, and federal government funds. Uh, we may or may not need a new uh, tax, but uh, until those other things are done, Mr. Butish, thank you very we much. need to make that determination. Well, there have been discussions for some years now about the Justice Center facility downtown. It could be refurbished or rebuilt either at that location or somewhere else. The price tag surely will be hundreds of millions of dollars. What do you believe should be done with the Justice Center and how are you going to pay for it? Mr. Butish, we'll start with you. Uh, the Justice Center is uh, not a great building. Anybody who's in there knows that. Um, it needs, uh, it's not satisfactory, period. Um, it is very inefficient. Uh, the courts tower is inefficient and the jails are even more inefficient. Uh, you talked about uh, earlier, you asked about uh, the jails and, and the problems going on there. If we had a new jail that was more efficient, you would need fewer corrections officers and, uh, and some of the problems might not exist that currently exist. So, uh, whether we do a new Justice Center or we do a complete rehabilitation of the Justice Center, uh, we have, uh, we're, we're going to work with the judges, uh, with the prosecutor, with the public defender, and the others who, whose house that is uh, to determine what the best approach is. Uh, council has already uh, uh, offered to uh, hire a, uh, with us a, uh, an independent um, uh, professional to help us 
uh, make that determination, what's the best approach, uh, and um, uh, I hope that that will be actually uh, starting in the very near future, in the next few weeks, actually. So um, we will determine whether we need a new Justice Center or a rehab Justice Center, but going with what we currently have is simply not workable. Mr. Butish, thank you very much. Mr. Corrigan, the same question. So, so I want to retreat a little bit on uh, Executive Budish's answer on the RTA. I kind of like a lot of what he said. I just, just didn't understand if he was for or against the sales tax. I'm hoping it was no, but I couldn't hear that. Um, I, I do want um, to say, yeah, I know a little bit about bricks and mortar. Bricks and mortar are very difficult in a, in a business, um, setting up, creating um, new buildings and structures. We have a $71, $72 million debt service right now in our budget. And that's every year. We have to pay for the, exec the uh, convention center. We have to pay for the hotel. We're in the hotel business in this county right now. I, I don't want us to be in the hotel business. But until we can swallow those pills, we don't have the money to, cr to build another new justice center. So you know, my, my take on this is as bad as it is, we have to retrofit. We have to upgrade it as much as we possibly can. We just simply cannot add to our debt service with another big public works project. We have to work it out a different way. Be happy to work with the council, be happy to look at their plans and figure out what the best way forward is, but man, we just cannot absorb any more debt. Mr. Corrigan, thank you. I'm gonna check with my timekeepers really quickly. I'm gonna ask one more question, then audience questions, Does that work for you? Okay. Well, last question then from me uh, will be about the Cleveland Indians. The Indians lease is set to expire in 2023. The stadium, of course, is owned by Gateway Economic Development Corporation, and the county is a major partner in this. I certainly don't know what the team is going to ask for in the next few years, but syntax revenues are being used quickly. I'd like to ask each of you, if the Indians come to the county and ask for additional public investment in major renovations over and above the syntax, should they get it, and how would you pay for it? Mr. Corrigan, we'll start with you. So the question kind of harkens back to what happened with the Cavaliers and, and upgrading the queue. The original plan looked pretty good. It looked like the investment in, um, in upgrading the queue was going to have a return over a long period of time, and it had bipart bipartisan support. I, I don't know if that's really still the case. Uh, if, if, that, if that continues to be the case, we made a good decision. And, and in fairness to everybody, including Executive Budish, making that decision was really a function of what the numbers looked, at, looked like at the time. If the Indians are to come to us with a proposal that says, if you guys do this, we'll be here for this period of time, and we can look at the, the tax revenue and, and what comes in here, uh, and, and it's positive. It has a, a positive present value, return on investment. Then, yeah, then we do it. But we have to make sure that those numbers are very well ironed out. We're trading, um, paying, um, taking from Peter to pay Paul. We have so many compelling issues, uh, poverty issues, issues in the inner city, issues with job and family services, issues with child and family services, it, that, that taking that kind of a step, we have to make real, real clear, real sure that we're going to get a return on investment. And, and if that's the case, then yeah, I would go forward. Mr. Corrigan, thank you. Mr. Butish, same question. Thank you. Um, Mr. Corrigan started with talking about the calves in the queue, so I will start there as well. Um, I don't know that he has really um, uh, looked at or understood the deal we made with the Cavaliers, uh, but um, we were able to lock in the Cavaliers lease for an additional seven years. Uh, we were able to stabilize and ensure the future of that building until 2034. Uh, that building houses not just the Cavaliers, but 200 additional 
events every year, um, and it was paid for. The, the public's portion was paid for almost entirely from additional, rev additional tax income from the additional revenues from the extension of the lease and from the project. <clears throat> You might say, well, with the calves, with the calves changing, with LeBron not being here, you know, they might not meet their uh, their uh, requirements. The fact is, they guaranteed it, so the county has no risk there. Uh, if if revenues come down, taxes come down, the county is protected. That's the kind of deal that the county will look to make with the Indians. The Indians' lease expires in just a few years. Theirs actually expires before the Cavaliers. Uh, they uh, uh, have not yet come to us and asked for anything, uh, but I anticipate it will be soon. We had 30 to 40 million dollars in the Q deal for the Indians, so we're already ahead of the game. Mr. Butish, thank you very much. Well, thank you for joining us for this first part of the debate. Again, I'm Nick Costell, a reporter with IdeaStream. Today we're listening to this debate between the two candidates running for Cuyahoga County Executive, <coughs> Democrat and incumbent Armin Butish and Republican Peter Corrigan. We're about to head into the question and answer period. Audience questions were pre-selected by the City Club Debate Committee earlier this week. We will also take one or two questions from social media, depending on time. So if you'd like to submit a question for consideration on the web, please tweet it at the City Club and use the hashtag ChiExecDebate, that's C-U-Y, ExecDebate. And may we have the first question, please? Good afternoon, gentlemen. My name is Ken Mountcastle, and my question is, what's your position on consolidating services throughout the county, and what's your plan to accomplish this if you think it should be done? Thank you. Uh, Mr. Corrigan, I'll put that question first to you about consolidating services, and you've got 90 seconds. Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm not, if I'm elected the county executive, I'm not going after some kind of regionalization plan, but I know that we can consolidate services. Sometimes it makes sense to consolidate school districts. Uh, Berea and, and Middleburg Heights just consolidated their school district, and uh, they're trying to um, glean economic benefit from doing that. I know on the purchasing side, if the county can help manage or, or orchestrate um, um, bulk purchases for, for large capital objects, uh, school buses, um, fire trucks, things like that, I think it makes a lot of sense to do that. Um, right now, it's just a, a real difficult uphill. Everybody wants the efficiency, but everybody wants their own little, um, um, their little community operation, their administration. So, you know, there are so many other things that are more compelling to handle right now that, uh, in, my, in my mind, that's, that's not in the front. In front for me is Child and Family Services, and right after that is Child and Family Services, and after that it's Child and Family Services. So uh, that's where I'm coming from. All right, well, Mr. Butish, uh, the same question for you about uh, consolidating services. We have 59 separate uh, communities in this county. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, the uh, new government was put in place was to facilitate regional collaboration uh, among the various communities, uh, especially now when the state government has slashed funding for local government funds, uh, which impacts our police and our fire and and other uh, services that the cities need to provide but are struggling with. So the county has a major role to play in regional collaboration in fostering that kind of cooperation between cities, and we're doing it. So for example, we have incentivized cities to come together for their, uh, for their dispatch centers. Uh, we have um, uh, taken down the number of separate dispatch centers, and it is saving cities money. We provide roads services. We provide 
bridge services. We provide sewer services uh, to cities when they desire it. All of that saves money and also helps them operate more efficiently. Excuse me. We support many senior centers around the uh, county so that people can stay in their homes and still uh, enjoy their community. Uh, we provide a million dollars, thanks to county council, uh, per year for community improvements to the communities. They decide what is their priorities. Uh, we've uh, got a $50 million commitment to demolition of blighted properties. The cities pick the properties that they want to take down. Mr. Butish, we are helping thank you so our much. cities. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you. We can take our uh, next question from the audience here. Hi, uh, my name is Seth Task. I'm a realtor. Um, a, a new law, uh, the Tax uh, Cuts and Jobs Act, allows states to designate qualified opportunity zones to encourage new capital investment in low-income areas by allowing a taxpayer to defer certain capital gains income. Do you plan to do anything to try to implement this provision in Cuyahoga County? And if so, what? Uh, Mr. Budish, we'll start with you about sure. the Opportunity Zones. Uh, the Opportunity Zones is probably the best thing that came out of the Tax uh, Reform Act uh, recently. Um, uh, for people who don't know, that Opportunity Zones are, are locations uh, where uh, somebody can invest capital gain monies uh, and either defer or, in fact, completely uh, relieve the obligation to pay that capital gain. Uh, it's a tremendous opportunity. Uh, so we have worked with the city of Cleveland. Uh, each of us identified properties. We were limited to a certain number of properties that could be designated in opportunity zones um, so that we weren't fighting each other. We came together. Uh, uh, we then had to submit those opportunity zones to the state government, which we did. Uh, the state knocked some off the list, uh, but um, they generally approved most of what we had submitted. Uh, and uh, those opportunity zones now, uh, we are working with a variety of of others in the community, businesses, funders, organizations, uh, to, um, that are, some of them are putting together major funds right now to invest in the opportunity zones. Uh, we are supporting that. We are helping cities designate areas. We just met with a number of mayors uh, to talk about which areas they want to focus on first, and we will help prepare those properties and get them ready for, for the opportunity zone investments. It's a major benefit to Cuyahoga County. Thank you very much. Mr. Corgan, the same question. He's right. It is a major benefit to the county, the opportunity zones. Um, <clears throat> East Cleveland's totally overlooked. East Cleveland. The whole point of the opportunity zone was to improve the most impoverished and the poorest cities in the country. It was legislation that originated out of a senator from South Carolina. It got, it got launched. Um, the designation came from the county. The designation came from uh, the cities. Um, um, Executive Budish designated, I, I don't know what happened with East Cleveland, but um, I was told he designated East Cleveland, it went down state, and it evaporated. There's no excuse for that. I don't care who the governor is, I don't care what party he's from, East Cleveland is job one on opportunity zones. I don't care if all the other opportunity zones go away, we should be doing something with East Cleveland. East Cleveland is a problem that needs help. These people are impoverished, they need help. So the Opportunity Zone, if in my, um, uh, my administration, the Opportunity Zone uh, designation for East Cleveland is something I'm gonna fight for and I don't care if I have to embarrass a Republican governor to do it. Uh, thank you folks, we'll just save it for the end, thank you. Um, well, we'll have our next, uh, our next question from the audience here. County Executive Budish, 
Candidate Corrigan, thank you for taking my question. My name is Mark Kudelowski. While Cuyahoga County's government faced a corruption scandal years ago, with current investigations, it continues to battle the spectrum of corruption. What can be done to increase transparency and continue to build public trust in the county government? Thank you. Uh, Mr. Corrigan, we'll start with you on that question. So we talked a little bit about this the, um, before. The uh, inspector generals, the uh, ordinance that, that, that they want to pass um, that's on the ballot, it's, um, it's, it's to allow the inspector general to issue subpoenas against county administration. Um, th that's an important step so that the inspector general has independence. Um, I believe, w what I believe we need to do is go back and look at the, um, look at the contracts that have been let both the bid contracts and the no-bid contracts. This, um, this county spends, in terms of expenditures, 440-some times more than a million dollars. A number of those are contracts. I want to understand why such large contracts have been let to certain, certain agencies, certain organizations that don't seem like it makes sense. So I, I'd like to conduct a full review, a retreat, look back, and make sure there was no malfeasance. So in my mind, that's, uh, that's my way to attack it. Thank you very much. Mr. Butish, the same question. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I, I've not responded to Mr. Corrigan, even though uh, he has many of his facts incorrect, uh, one of which was uh, that uh, the county somehow uh, has uh, not disclosed the, the subpoenas. Um, all you have to do is look at cleveland.com every week, and you can see whenever there's a new subpoena out, because we release them. Uh, we release every document that was mentioned in the subpoenas. So uh, we are being very transparent. I embrace transparency. I think it's critical to the function of government so that people have trust in government. You've got to understand what the government's doing to be able to trust it. And that's what we are doing. So you, know, you can watch all of our committee meetings online from your home. You can watch the county council online from home. You can uh, look at our contracts online. You don't have to wait, Mr. Corrigan. You can go online now and look at contracts. Our loans are online. Our budget is online. Our audits are online. We are probably the most transparent administration ever. Uh, and I'm very proud of that. And, and the fact is that um, you know, we get public records requests uh, you know, coming out the kazoo, you know, everybody gets these public records requests, every government. We respond more quickly than anybody. I was in state government for eight years. I can tell you that the administration in state government doesn't respond half as fast as we do. Mr. Butish, thank you very much. I believe we've got one more uh, in-person audience question before we, we turn it over to the internet. Uh, Will, thank you. All right, good afternoon to both candidates. What is your vision for Cuyahoga County 10 to 15 years from now, if elected or reelected on November 6th, what do you want your administration to, rem to be remembered for? Uh, Mr. Butish, we'll start with you. What is your long-term vision? My long-term vision is uh, we've got people working, we've got high level of education, and we've got people getting great health care in this county. Uh, that is how we build this county. That's how we attract young people. That's how we uh, 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 bring more population to Cuyahoga County. Uh, so, and we're doing all those things. We're creating jobs. We have attracted major businesses. We have uh, been supporting startups, uh, small businesses. We, we do it in the neighborhoods, not just downtown. So uh, we've partnered with the Urban League. We've partnered with um, uh, 
group called uh, the Economic Community Development Institute and others to support small businesses. That's where a lot of the jobs are growing. Education, we have been supporting education. We, we doubled the number of children in high quality pre-kindergarten. Pre we are one of the leaders in bringing Say Yes to Education to Cuyahoga, to Cleveland, which, which will uh, give people the opportunity, our kids in Cleveland, the opportunity to go to college or have another uh, uh, more training regardless of their income. Uh, so we are doing the workforce, we're doing the education, and in terms of healthcare, we are making sure that people are able to get the Medicaid expansion that the governor pushed through. Uh, we are supporting Metro Health's transformation, which is very important for this county, and we're working closely with the Adams Board on addiction and mental health services. Mr. Butish, thank you. Mr. Corrigan, same question about long-term plans. Yeah, sure, I, I wanna just, correct that, yeah, the subpoenas are online. It's the information the subpoenas are asking for, which we can't get our hands on. So thanks. Um, I would say um, twofold. The um, 20 years from now, how do we become a dominant industry? How do we uh, cultivate dominant industries? We can't just do this across the board with all of these different um, um, directives right now. We have a blockchain conference coming up in Cleveland in uh, December. There are people trying to put together um, a precision effort to cause, our, to, to cause us to become dominant in something like, block, like blockchain. <clears throat> I look at four to seven industries that we can really concentrate on. Medical is one of them, aerospace and aeronautics. I don't know if people understand, but aerospace and aeronautics is one of the fastest growing sectors in our state and in our region. Um, energy, of course, and then take your pick. Data management is a huge one. Blockchain can help with data management. I see, I see targeting those, putting those together is very, very important. When I was a young engineer, I worked at Picker. Um, there was Picker, Ohio Nuclear, Technicare. When one of us became disenchanted with one of those companies, we'd just move around. There were about 400 of us. We helped build the county by clustering intellectual capital, intellectual property, and, and, and smart young engineers. We need to cultivate the development of technology here by making sure the smart people stick around. And I, I think we can do it in four to seven industries. We can't do it across the board. Mr. Corrigan, thank you. So now we will uh, turn this over to some questions that have been submitted on Twitter, at least one, maybe two, time permitting. Um, if we've got them picked out, let's, uh, let's hear them. Do you believe that government should be run as a business? How would you approach budgeting for county government? Uh, Mr. Corrigan, we'll start with you on that one. <laughs> well, 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 businesses have to make money or they fold in, in the county. Um, money just keeps coming, and so I, I view it totally differently. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I don't view it totally differently. I think it's viewed as totally differently. Yeah, I think it's very, very um, compelling to look at how a, how a business, uh, to look at the county as a business, particularly in this position. Um, I, I, like to, I like to reference just a management structure that, uh, that a, a, a solid management structure offers a supervisor maybe 10 reports. And in this county, um, we have 7,700 employees. A good supervisor can manage maybe 10 people effectively. That says, in the, that says top level's one, second level's 10, then 100, then 1,000, then 10,000. That's five levels. We have 7,700 people in this county. That implies five levels. We have some agencies that have 10, 11, 12, 13 levels. There are people that don't know what the management chain is. They don't know who is between Armand Budish and themselves, the frontline people. Yes, I think if we decide that we're gonna systemize this, 
we're going to flatten the organization and I'm talking about middle management so that we can get a chain of command and we can get directives to people and we can hold agencies accountable. I, I, think, this, I think this county can flush out a lot of overspending, a lot of mismanagement, a lot of inefficiency. So yeah, I think very much that can be run by like a business. But thanks for the question. Uh, Mr. Butish, the same question. Can the county or should it be run like a business? What does that even mean to you? I'm just going to reach back for one second to another mistake Mr. Corrigan made. Uh, all you have to do is uh, do a public records request. You can get any of the How? documents oh. that the subpoenas is asked for. Uh, the the Cleveland.com has gotten all those. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Corrigan, if you wanted them, you could get them. All right. Uh, in terms of the uh, managing the county, uh, the county is not a business. The county needs to run fiscally responsibly, and we do, as the Plain Dealer noted in their endorsement of me this weekend. Uh, but the Folks, but the almost fact time is for clapping. that with a business, the bottom line is the bottom line. Businesses are out to make a profit. The county is not out to make a profit. The county is out to protect seniors. The county is out to make sure people have access to health care. The county is out to preserve education. The county is out for public service, uh, public safety. The county is out for veterans' homelessness. The county has many responsibilities that don't make a profit. Businesses are out to make a profit, not the county. Well, thank you very much. You've got uh, time for another Twitter question here, so um, uh, please, let's hear it. If the, uh, sorry. Will your administration have a higher priority than ending the opioid crisis? If not, why not? Either way, what would you do to improve the county's efforts? Uh, Mr. Butish, we'll start with you about the, uh, the county's response to the opioid crisis. The opioid crisis is a crisis. It's a tragedy. We're losing more people uh, to the opioid crisis than we lost in the uh, Vietnam War nationally. I mean, this is a terrible crisis. And uh, uh, we are taking urgent action to deal with it. So we have uh, worked with the city of Cleveland to double the number of treatment beds. Uh, we have to treat the people uh, uh, who are suffering from addictions, not after, but before they die. We are um, uh, making sure people understand the risks of taking pain medication. So we have put into place, again, working with others in, co in, in a coalition, we, we have put in place the, uh, the national model for a public information program. We just won a national award for our public information program to make sure people understand the risks of these uh, medications. And we have sued Big Pharma because we are holding responsible those manufacturers and distributors that put out this medication and misled people and didn't reveal the risks adequately, which has caused many people to become addicted and ultimately die. Mr. Butish, thank you very much. Mr. Corrigan, the county's response to the opioid crisis. Yeah, sure. Um, if we run the county like a business, there's more money available to address issues like the opioid crisis. It's not about making a profit in the county. It's about having resources available to be able to handle problems when they come up. That's my point. That's a fundamental difference between the, between the two of us. Of course, of course, we want to be able to have money for um, health services, and of course we want to have um, <clears throat> the ability to look after people 
um, on the health side. The opioid crisis has been a major earthquake, if you will. Um, there, are, there are, what, 18 different agencies affected in the county right now just because of the opioid crisis. So I support efforts to sue Big Pharma, and I support efforts to rein this in. I support what we can do to try to take care of people that are caught and victimized by, um, by the addictiveness of, these, of the um, opioid, opioids that are being um, um, served into our, our, our community. Uh, my heart breaks for these people. We're treating these people as their uh, criminals and convicts, and that's really not the way to be doing, uh, to be handling these people, not to imprison them simply because they're addictive. So yeah, we do need help. I'll tell you, if we run the county like a business, if we do something to generate more money, we have more resources available to handle, this, handle this problem. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We now move to the final part of our debate, the closing statements. And as I believe was determined by the coin toss before, we'll start with uh, Mr. Corrigan with his uh, closing statement. Yeah, I want to thank everybody, um, first of all, at the City Club for, for um, handling this. Um, um, Executive Budish, um, Nick, uh, everybody was up here. I should have expected the Indians question from an Ignatius guy, so uh, uh, didn't, know, didn't know that. Um, <clears throat> I ran a, a lot of facilities around the world. I had 15 different facilities. I was all over. Um, one of the main things I did in my facilities was I started to meet people almost immediately. I went around every day and I shook hands with people on, on, their, on their birthday. It's a great way just to spend two minutes to talk to people and find out what they're all about. Um, over a course of, of even a couple of years, not only did I learn who people were, I learned who their kids were, I learned a little bit about something, and I learned a lot about what the job was. Now, the point of doing that was it makes it so hard to lay somebody off when you really got a personal relationship with them. I think the reach out that's so important in this county that I don't believe Executive Budish does nearly enough is to go and meet people, see people on the street, go to the agencies, go into the foster care homes, and, and go to the jail and see what's going on immediately. Once you start knowing names, you start caring about it. The more names you know, the more people you know, the more relationships you have, the more you care about what the job is. So I'm here to do something to change this county. This is a very complex um, job. It's, it's a lot of criticism is involved. I will say it's um, um, probably 300 people in this county can really, can really do this job effectively. Um, I'm one of those people. And I will tell you, it's, it's that difficult. I will tell you, I'm one of those people, and I may not be the best of the 300, but I'll tell you what, I, I can do a better job than that guy. So I'm asking for, for your vote November 6th, and uh, thank you, everybody, Corrigan, for listening. Thank you very much. Folks, if you can hold the applause for one more second. Uh, Mr. Butish, your closing statement. Thanks. Thank you. It's a week before the election, so you expect negative campaigning. It's easy to talk and to criticize, and Peter's done a lot of that today. In fact, I think the only thing that he hasn't blamed me for is LeBron leaving town. <laughs> that, too. But I'll, but I'll tell you... Taking action to Im improving people's lives, that's what matters. I've listened to Peter talk and criticize, but I've not heard him propose one workable positive initiative that's designed to bring success and prosperity to our residents. Over the last four years, 
we've been doing a lot more than just talking. We've been making sure our children get a good start in life with a high-quality pre-K education, reducing the shameful rate of infant mortality, attracting, creating, and retaining major businesses like ABB, Sterigenics, and Dealer Tire, and creating dozens of small businesses throughout the county, training people for a career through our Skill Up, Internship, and Tri-C initiatives, making vital human services and benefits more accessible to our most vulnerable residents through our partnerships with organizations like our public libraries, ensuring all residents have access to high-quality health care by strengthening our partnerships with Metro Health and the Adams Board, and protecting everyone's right to vote. I know I sound like the county's chief cheerleader, but I'm excited about our accomplishments and about our future. It's my goal in the next term to keep our momentum going, to build on our many successes, and to make sure that all of our residents, regardless of race, gender, or zip code, can share in our county's prosperity. Finally, I want to recognize my wife, Amy, Butters, and my you. son, Daniel. Thank you. Well, thank you both very much. Today at the City Club of Cleveland, we are listening to a debate between the two candidates running for Cuyahoga County Executive. We have Democrat and incumbent Armin Budish and Republican Peter Corrigan. I'm Nick Castell, reporter with Ideastream. Our community partner, and I hope they get this much applause, our community partner for today's event is the League of Women Voters of Greater Cleveland. We appreciate your partnership as well. Uh, we welcome the guests at tables hosted by Armin Butish for County Executive, Corrigan for Executive, and Notre Dame College. We thank all of you for being here today, and that will bring us to the end of this forum. Thank you both, gentlemen, for your time, and this forum is now adjourned. Well done. For information on upcoming speakers or for podcasts of the City Club, go to cityclub.org. Production and distribution of City Club forums on IdeaStream are made possible by the generous support of PNC and the Raskin Family Fund, with additional funding from Robert Conrad, Cleveland State University, the Chautauqua Institution, the Cleveland Clinic, and the United Black Fund of Greater Cleveland Incorporated.